I've got the crazy hair. I might wear tinted glasses. Heck, I wear sunglasses at night. But most importantly, I've got one thing to say, and that is hello and welcome to the Seems Legit Podcast, hosted by your favorite craft beer drinking, whiskey sipping, bourbon appreciating, sushi eating, steak craving, speedo wearing, tell like it is, poker playing guitarist, the dude himself, the dude Sonny D. I want to thank you all so much for tuning in to this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Uh, it really means a lot to me. Uh, also, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sonny D. All right, let's get into it. Uh, I think this episode here today, we're going to talk about uh, some poker and a topic in poker uh, that's a little dear to my heart. And it's, I don't know if it's a controversial topic, but it, I think it is a topic for discussion and something I find myself often talking about uh, with my friends in the poker community, other poker players, and, and, and at various levels too. Please forgive me, I woke up with a bit of a gross feeling throat uh, today, so if you uh, hear pause and whatnot, it's me having some of my uh, tea. Uh, but regardless, getting into it, and that subject is uh, rebuys, add-ons, freeze-outs, where all of that fits in in poker. Um, and I've got views on all of it, so we're going to talk about my opinions and, and what all of these co- uh, subjects are and, or, um, yeah, subjects or, uh, the, these terms mean, uh, so on and so forth. So like when you hear me talk about and, and, and kind of joke about how people get excited, uh, for terms like deep stack and monster stack and especially deep stack, people hear the word deep stack and they get very excited in the poker community. Um, Freeze out tournaments mean you get one entry. So you get one shot at glory, one crack. And um, so, so a great example of a, of the, of a freeze out tournament is the main event, the world series of poker in Las Vegas. Uh, it is a freeze out tournament. So you get one shot at it. So it doesn't matter what your bankroll is. Doesn't matter who you are, how much money you have. Everybody gets an equal shot. Everybody gets one entry, same amount of chips, may the best person win. Add-ons can happen in a couple of ways. And I've seen some creative formats in tournaments that I've both played in and watched, um, that I've studied, whatever it might be. I've seen some interesting um, things done in terms of the add-on and how add-ons can be used and applied to make kind of for a more interesting I don't want to say, but event, but yeah, interesting uses um, that are a little more unconventional. Um, but nonetheless, an add-on is uh, basically you get to for X amount of dollars, you get more chips. Uh, now, typically, add-ons have to be used by a certain time, so it's usually by the end of the entry um, or registration period. Uh, and if it's a re-entry tournament, typically by the end of the re-entry period is when your add-ons have to be used in a freeze out. Uh, and I've seen it in freeze outs where part, so you buy in for X amount and let's say you get 60,000 in chips, you might get 60,000 in chips and then another 60,000 add-on to use at another time. Uh, and or to use at your discretion up until the end of registration. So some players might elect to use them right at the beginning. Others might elect to use them later on in the tournament. Uh, it, it depends, but it's for your discretion. Um, so it still follows that freeze out tournament, um, but adds a new dynamic to it. When do you want to have your chips in play? 
Uh, re-entry is exactly that. You can you pay the entry flight and you get to go in. Re-entry and rebuy um, are two very different things and are not interchangeable. Um, that's, that, that's a big thing I want to clarify. Um, it's kind of like job and position when we look at things from a business or academic point of view. Job and position are not interchangeable concepts or terms. Um, they are very clearly defined, very different uh, terms and concepts. A position is what you are applying for and have at an organization. You have a position to do a job. A job is the behavior, tasks, everything that you need to do in order to facilitate. So if you, for instance, are a nurse, you would apply for a position at a hospital, a clinic to do a nursing job. Uh, now going on to poker and how that applies to poker, re-entry and re-buy. Um, and, and now oftentimes people will say, oh, I have a position, I have a job, whatever it might be. You don't have a job, you have a position doing a job. If you are employed, that is how it works. Um, and I know it's easy to interchange the terms, and I know in today's day and age, oftentimes we hear, you know, things get interchanged, but it, it, it's not a correct interchange. That makes sense. You can't use one to describe the other, and they're not uh, synonyms for each other. Uh, so... Uh, that's so that's that's the biggest difference. Um, so technically, when people say, "Oh, I have a job," well, no, you actually have a position doing a job. In poker, re-entry and rebuy get interchanged, and oftentimes there's a confusion for players. Re-entry tournament means that you and you pay your buy-in, you enter, you get a seat, you get your chips, you play. If you get eliminated, you can go back to the registration area give them the buy-in amount, and then you re-enter the tournament. You are a brand new player, so to speak. Even though you've already played, you are a brand new independent player. So you may get the same seat at the same table, but odds are you probably won't. So you go, you start somewhere else, and hope for the best. That's re-entry. Re-buy tournament means you buy in. So if it's $300 or a $500 tournament, you pay your $500. You get assigned a seat, you get your chips, you sit down. Rebuys can happen in a various structures. Different places have different ways of doing rebuys. Um, but nonetheless, um, and, and, and some of the more popular ones that I've seen down in uh, Vegas, um, the Venetian does this uh, with their rebuys, is you can rebuy at any time you are at or below your starting stack. And uh, some, what they do there is sometimes your rebuy is actually less than um, the cost to buy into the tournament. So, for instance, let's say there you're paying a $300 entry fee, but with $200 rebuys. So, you can go buy in, get $15,000 in chips, and then for an additional $200, get another $15,000. So, you start with $30,000. The idea is with a rebuy tournament, you get that same spot. Your entry is a one-time thing. So rebuy, so now you can, no, I'm sorry. I, I don't think I've ever seen a rebuy tournament that allows re-entries. Once you decide you're not rebuying and you get up from your seat and leave, that's it. Your tournament is over. 
Rebuy tournaments, like re-entry tournaments, typically have a rebuy period, which is up until the end of the registration period. And uh, at that point, again, you can buy in, uh, you can add chips uh, when you are, are at or below your starting stack. So sometimes player, you'll see different strategies. Sometimes a player will start the tournament and immediately rebuy. Sometimes they'll play a hand, depending on how that hand goes, then they'll do their rebuy. Um, if they've lost the hand, then they'll do the rebuy. Of course, if they've won the hand, they can't rebuy. And that can some, and that goes into your thinking and strategizing as well. If I'm playing a hand and I win it, now all of a sudden I can't rebuy until later. So even if I win the hand, I'm actually at a chip disadvantage to other players who have exercised that immediate rebuy. Uh, so it just comes down to how you want to use it. So that, that, that kind of is to explain and give a little bit of background for what we're talking about, what I'm talking about here today. There's, there's many ways to look at it. What I want to talk about is whether there, it, where is the time and place for rebuy, re-entry, and freeze out? I've long been a proponent of not re-entering tournaments. I truly believe if you enter a poker tournament at a, at a medium stake level, so you're not playing those daily tournaments at your local casino, your local charity event, whatever it might be. You're playing like, you know, let's say you're playing at the World Series of Poker circuit events. I think there has to be a bit of a, a line drawn where it says, you know what? No, may the best player win. You've bought in, you sit down, you use your chips, you go to work. You play and you win. That's how I've always wanted tournaments to work. And I mean, yeah, we all have our ways we want tournaments to work. That's fine. Um, and I know it's a little bit pie in the sky-ish, but whatever. Uh, it, it's just my point of view. I think in terms of that, it's, it's no different like a cash game, right? Cash games are kind of like rebuys. You empty out your, you know, if you lose all your, if you get felted, you can just get more chips, right? Or if you need to leave, you leave for an ex a certain period of time and then you come back. Whatever it might be, that's your spot to do poker battle. In a tournament, I think that's the case. You've bought your ticket. You've paid your entry fee. Let's go. Let's get to work. And I think it what it does is it eliminates a form of variance from the game where players could go have a bad run at one table, then they go, they re-enter, they get a new table, an easier draw, for instance, and then all of a sudden, yes, they have a better tournament than you. And for me... I just, I like the idea of a freeze-out. I like knowing we've all signed up, we've all paid, let the variance of the cards of luck of distribution fall where it may, but we all are fighting kind of on equal footing. Not fair footing. Fair and equal are two different concepts, again. Not necessarily interchangeable. Fair might be equal, but equal doesn't mean fair. You can be equal and be fair, but it, one does not necessarily mean the other. So you can have an equal setting that ends up being fair. You can also have a fair setting that ends up being equal. And for instance, um, a way of looking at fairness is oftentimes you look at kids complaining, oh, it's not fair how they treat you know the other sibling. I think what the argument there is, is that the kid, for instance, isn't understanding the difference between equal and fair. 
Every time we always think we need to be equal to each other and treat everybody equal, but sometimes it's not the case. Sometimes it's a matter of fairness. And we need to be fair in how we treat people. So sometimes, yes, you might treat two kids differently um, because it's not, you don't need to treat them equally. Maybe you shouldn't be treating them equally. It's not fair to treat them equally. You have to treat one a little different. Maybe one's more sensitive. Maybe one wants to just be left the fuck alone sometimes. And it's just like, I just need my me time. I, I don't need to be hugged up and cuddled up, you know, like little Timmy over there. Right? So it's just one of those things. And in poker tournaments, I like that idea of equality. Bankrolls aside, money aside, we've bought into the event. Let's just see who the best player is. I like that. And for me, it's funny because people always say, you know, Sonny, you've played a lot of cash games. You've played a lot of tournaments. You've had success at both. How do you feel about all these things? And I always say in tournaments, especially for me, I'm a big fan of the freeze-out format. Even if I'm the first person eliminated, which I try not to be, but if I'm the first person eliminated, I want to know that I at least played to win. Or if you played badly, whatever it might be. But you showed up, you did yours, and things just worked out the way they did. In that given event, I wasn't the best. Or in that given event, damn it, I was the fucking best. And, and, and for me, that's just kind of the way I like to play my tournaments. And anybody who knows me knows... I, even in re-entry events, I usually still will play them as if they are um, freeze-out tournaments. I buy my stack, and I just try to grind it out and do what I can. Um, with that being said, there are levels where I do believe in rebuys and re-entry. And I think there's, a, there's almost a special branding for that. Right now, what we see in the state of poker is a lot more where standard is re-entry, where it's like as many re-entries as you want. That's the, that seems to be the more mainstream kind of main way of doing things. Rather, what I would like to see is more of a shift, where tournaments are freeze-out unless otherwise stated, and then the special events, you know, it's more of an occasion to have a re-entry or a re-buy event rather than it be the standard. That's what I would love to see. For me, that's where I'm at. And, and I just think in term, it eliminates a certain amount of variance and does kind of equal and, and, and does provide a certain fairness, uh, an added fairness to the game um, or to poker tournaments. And yes, that way when you go and you see a tournament that says unlimited re-entry, you know that now. So now you can tailor your strategy accordingly. And I mean, there's the argument the other side of that is like, oh, well, if it's standard, then you just tailor your arguments that way. I guess so. I, or you tailor your strategies that way. Yeah, sure. I'm just saying what I prefer. And I just think in terms of equality, in terms of fairness, and in terms of determining just who the best is. And that's what I've always viewed a tournament as. Discovering who the best is. You can't, in no other format, no other sport... Do you get to re-enter? It's you show up, you start competing, and may the best per, um, participant win. And uh, I just think, you know, it's just a nicer dynamic. 
It's a, it's a fair, equal dynamic, and I'd like to see that. And I'm not saying they need to go away in these events. So, like, the circuit or some of these, you know, when the win or the Venetian or, you know, wherever's holding kind of series of tournaments. I would like to see more of a freeze-out being standard and then have those events put in throughout the schedule that are unlimited re-entries. The biggest counter-argument you're going to see and that you get or that I always hear from my friends and from other players is the prize pools. Is that if you want the big prize pools, that's where you have to allow the re-entries. And I think there has to come a point when you have to make a decision as a poker player, what is most important to you? And I think that's where you'd see people falling on one side of this argument or the other. Is the big prize pool and the kind of mystique of, oh, we don't know how big the prize pool is going to get because people could still re-enter. Um, make it, is that more important? Or is it the idea of, you know what? The prize pool might end up being a little smaller or it might end up being the same because everybody entering knows, fuck it, this is my chance. But also that's their chance. You know, you see a bigger name player and you're like, wait a second. They now have to play well because they can't buy in 22 times. This has to be their best showing. And I mean, that's kind of been an argument not to pick on the quote-unquote, and I use air quotes here as I'm recording, pros, but again, it's that same thing, right? Why you don't maybe see all the pros, you know, winning, for instance, the main event. Maybe that that, that ability to rebuy and re-enter tournaments does become a crutch. I know, like, for instance, why I love playing in heads-up events is, there's no re-entering. You show up and you move on. You win, you move on. You lose, I guess you're buying into that event, you know, another event now. You know, where you're going to go have lunch, dinner, whatever it might be, but you're not playing this one anymore. And I like that. And even when I'm eliminated, I'm like, all right, fuck it. I put my best foot forward, did what I could. That's that. But I do believe there is a place for these, as I said, on those kind of, at that scale and bigger, that to me is where I would like to see how re-entry and, re and rebuy be applied, I think. And I mean, it would be, it's yet to be determined how it would affect prize pool. I mean, the main event still ends up being the biggest tournament of the year. And I think a big allure of that is that it's a single entry. Players are drawn to the fact that you have that same shot that I do. I'm not going to get intimidated and roll over. And, and I see it. I've seen it in the summertime when I'm playing at the World Series. How many players say, ah, fuck this stack what, on break? They'll be like, fuck it. Whatever happens, I'm rebuying anyway. And it's just like, wait a second. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold up. What kind of give up attitude is that? That's not a winning attitude. In my opinion, that's not a winning attitude. That's just, that's like a gambling attitude. That's just a... Uh, well, we'll see what happens attitude. We'll let it fall. Woe is me kind of bullshit. And I've always said to truly be happy and find some kind of fulfillment in your life, you need to get rid of that woe is me shit. You need that out of your life. Get rid of that. And I find that that idea of, oh, I'll just rebuy, it becomes a bit of a woe is me, especially at that stake. But there is a place that that can be the norm. And those daily tournaments that are held, for instance, at your local casino, you know, or at the casinos in Vegas, they have their daily turn, you know, their schedule of daily tournaments that run, you know, 9 a.m., 11 a.m., 1 p.m., 4 p.m., 7, 10 p.m., whatever it might be where they allow the only, that is a place to have that. That to me is a more casual setting. 
It's a recreational setting. It's a recreational poker tournament. Why not? And even then, I'm not throwing my bankroll down the drain, buying in five times to an event. Because let me be honest here. So if I'm playing at a place, and uh, I'm going to use a real example here. Um, Harrah's in Las Vegas. Uh, their tournament is, or at least last time I was there, it was $65 with an optional $5 add-on. $5 got you 50% more chips. So you started with um, 15000 now in chips. All right, let's do that. Um, <clears throat> for me... At a certain point in those daily tournaments, you have to look at the prize pool and what those pay jumps are going to be. So let's say the minimum pay and let's say it's going to be $190. All right, so if I pay my $70, I know that if I get third place, I am making $120. Well, now all of a sudden, if I rebuy with the add-on, I'm up to $140 investment. So now a third place finish to me is only worth $50. Well, wait a second. I'm going to grind out tournament and not potentially cash. And if I do cash, it might not even pay for my time the same way a cash game would. So that's a consideration as well when you look at where you're going to play, how you're going to play, and how you're going to strategize. And I mean, yes, I've been known to, yeah, on occasion, I'll throw a second bullet on one of those smaller daily tournaments. Sure. Why the hell not? At three bullets, and yes, and that's the easy thing to get tricked with. It's only 70 bucks. Well, three bullets on a $70 tournament's $210. Now, all of a sudden, at a $210 tournament, I could be going and playing some of these events with guaranteed prize pools of 50000 70000 rather than the local, the smaller daily tournament that might have a $1,000 prize pool. So I've now paid $210 towards a guaranteed $1,000 prize pool versus, for instance, going and paying $250 for a shot at $75,000 prize pool. So just coming to think of it. Now, on the other side of that, I'm probably having more fun playing that smaller tournament, that daily tournament at a place like a Harrah's or Planet Hollywood or Caesars Palace or the Mirage or MGM Grand, wherever the hell it might be in Vegas. I'm going to probably have more fun. And I'm not discouraging people from firing multiple bullets. I do it. Because I'm like, yeah, you know what? The fun time I'm having here is worth another bullet. So it's just a matter of mindset, mentality, where you're at, where your thinking is at when making those decisions. And especially for a lot of you that are coming up, that, you know, up and coming, you know, quote unquote grinders, regulars that are playing, that this is how you're, you know, maybe you've moved to Vegas or you've moved to a poker hub and this is how you're trying to pay your bills. This is how you're trying to earn a living. This is how you're trying to define yourself as a professional human being. These are thoughts as well. How do, you know, how are you going to disperse your bankroll? What, is, what does this money represent to you? How are you going to use it? If it's your fun kind of pocket money, then sure, why not? And again, this isn't a speech against certain places or anything. This is just kind of where I see things fitting in in the grand scheme of poker. And I think for those daily tournaments, yes, I like the unlimited re-entries because you know what? Fuck it. I want to go. I want to play. I want to have some fun. And that might be, and that could be worth $210. And if I happen to, and in those fun little tournaments, guess what? If I make some money on top of it, then fuck yeah, I'm happy. Then it's a win, win, win. It's like a quintuple win because I've had a good time. I haven't blown a ton of money and I've come out of this having had a good time, won another tournament and made some money. 
to me, that's, that's a good time. So just how we view these things, where they fit in. And I think especially when you look at it, right? And, and I mean, we can watch whatever we want in terms of poker content. I just think for, for me, when it comes to tournaments, to me, a tournament is meant to determine the best participant. And I like that idea when you start increasing the stakes here or the meaning behind a tournament. I think freeze out should be the new norm. I think it is something, I think it would benefit a lot of players. I think it would benefit the game. And I do think you wouldn't see as dra necessarily that drastic, pardon me, loss in terms of prize pool simply because now all of a sudden you've got maybe more players coming in. Because they're like, hey, we've all got the same shot at this. So it's just things to think about. And as I said, I'm not picking on a place. I was just using, when I said Harris, I was using that example just to illustrate with real numbers. I could use the same thing with Planet Hollywood. I know they have the daily tournaments there. I think it's $80 and they have a $1,500 guarantee. And they have a good prize pool, a great prize pool structure where you're getting very well compensated for your time, whether you come in first, second, or third. And even at Harrah's, if there it's a if it's a thousand dollar prize pool and you've paid seventy bucks, yeah, there are times where you're getting very well compensated for having a good time. And yes, it can be worth it to just sit down and be like, you know what? I just want to sit here. I want to have some fun. I don't care if I fire four bullets, five bullets, six bullets, right? I think it just comes down to perspective of where you're playing, the stakes you're playing, what you're looking for with the playing. And yes, there's an opportunity to make some money. I think I think those are all the consideration. There, there's many a consideration that has to go into it. And I think sometimes we get into our own heads a little bit. You know, I know even playing here uh, in Winnipeg, right? And I think the, the structures for the weekly tournaments here have changed slightly. Um, but nonetheless, it's the same thing, right? It, playing the day, you know, the Tuesday night tournament here in Winnipeg is different than when we have the Play Now Poker Championships, right? It's just that little bit of difference, right? And I think we have, as players, have a responsibility to ourselves to keep that in mind, that we need to look at what this tournament is and keep that in mind when we make our decisions. Anyway, that's my little ramble. As I said, I'm trying to increase maybe some poker content, some poker talk on the Seems Legit podcast here. Um, and I really do thank you all for kind of listening to these rambles and rants. Um, but I think, you know what, mainly it's it's food for thought, right? And I would love to see that kind of movement here in poker um, towards uh, just that maybe, you know, where things do change with the stakes. I think for the everyday, not even for the every players, for, for players across the whole gamut, I really do see a benefit to what I've proposed here. I think everybody could benefit. I don't think there's really any losers in this kind of situation. And I mean, it does change certain things. I think it does definitely change certain things like the WSOP player of the year. I think there are, the effects it'll have will be broadly and widely felt. I, I, I can't, I don't think that can go understated. But, I think in the grand scheme of it, it does have a benefit to everybody. And I think, as I've said, we have to keep in mind just a perspective on things. This is a $70 or $60 or a $40 rebuy tournament 
at my at a, at a you know daily tournament at a casino here in Vegas. Let it be that, right? It's a chance to play some poker, get better at poker, have some fun playing poker, make some money at poker, right? It's no different than playing, you know, at that point, I mean, whether you're rebuying in four, five, two times, three times, and I'm not telling anybody how many times they want to re-enter. You can re-enter as many times as you want. That's for you. That is not my job to tell you. But again, if I want to rebuy four times, that's no different than me going and playing blackjack with that same amount of money. And I might just be having more fun doing it with playing poker. No real difference. So I just wanted to, you know, as we ramble here and talk, that's just kind of a little, you know, a little food for thought. But anyway, I do thank you guys so much for tuning into this episode of the Seems Legit Podcast. Remember to check out our friends of the podcast. We got Zero Gravity Games down Fayetteville, Georgia. Um, use Rare Vintage Gaming. Uh, that's their specialty. They have gaming tournaments. Great place. Uh, stop in. Say hi to Ronnie Mack uh, from the dude Sunny D. Uh, we've also got the Vegas Squares Podcast. It's sports talk by sports fans uh, for sports fans. And they cover the entire gamut of sports. Um. I, I consider myself, you know, I, I used to play a lot of sports. I've, I've gotten myself more into playing sports these days. I just had a ball hockey game last night. Uh, but uh, nonetheless, it's just one of those things where they talk about the entire gamut of sports. I don't follow enough, uh, in depth enough, all of the sports to offer the kind of coverage they do. And they do a phenomenal job um, covering sports and just offering their opinions as sports fans. Right? These aren't guys trying to pretend to be experts. They're sports fans. Right, so just get, uh, give them a listen if you have a chance. Um, uh, Skin I mentions ta- uh, tattoo and piercing here in Winnipeg. Um, I, I've known Kelly and Claire now for years, and uh, tremendous people as well as tremendous artists. Uh, so if you have, uh, if you're thinking about getting a tattoo or a piercing, uh, stop by. They're located on Corden Avenue, right beside Bar Italia. Uh, check them out. Uh, stop in. Uh, tell them you got, if they ask you how you found out about them, tell them you heard it on the Seems Legit podcast. They'll love it. Um, but they're great people, uh, great studio, great shop. Uh, check them out. Um, and last but not least, we've got, uh, the, um, we've got Skin Dimensions, uh, not Skin Dimensions, Celtics Doctors, uh, located here in Winnipeg at 666 St. James Street. Uh, please visit them for any cell phone, tablet, screen repair needs you might have. Again, if you mention the Seems Legit Podcast, they'll give you 10% off whatever you've gotten done. And they cover the entire gamut of things. Unlocking, screen repairs, uh, internal repairs. Uh, uh, you know, great technicians, great people, honest people, hardworking people. Uh, check them out. Um, and last but not least, again, big thank you to all of you for the continued and growing support here on the Seems Legit Podcast. Really, it means the world to me. Uh, and I want to uh, thank you all for that. And I, and I mean, check out the various daily tournaments uh, when you're down in Las Vegas. Uh, don't let, oh, because it's whatever casino influenced that. All these places run some great daily tournaments. And I want to stress that. And as, I've, as I kind of was telling Jess the other day, and I've told a lot of my friends, I like to consider myself when it comes to poker, that kind of, I champion the regular player. The fucking grinder player, the guy that goes out there, puts their bankroll on the line, that just, you know, wants to make an honest living playing poker. Fuck yes. I'm all for that. And, I mean, if you're just the recreational amateur player, check these tournaments out. They're great. Um, I know I mentioned some places. Harrah's runs a great one. 
Uh, Caesars Palace runs a great one. Mandalay Bay. All of them, they're all great. They all are slightly different structured, so make sure to check out the structures. But if you have a chance when you're down in Vegas, if you're a recreational amateur um, player, check out these places. Check out these daily tournaments. That's kind of like a poker bucket list thing to play in as many of these little kind of daily tournaments at different venues as possible, for me at least. So check them out. Um, and last but not least, if you aren't already doing so, please follow me on both Twitter and Instagram at the dude Sunny D. Thank you so much. Take care and bye-bye for now.